Welcome to your effing 40s. I'm Leanne McLeod-Golka. And I'm Corey Harding. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to your effing 40s. I'm Leanne McLeod. And I'm Corey Harding. And we are on show 50. Number 50. Yeah. That's amazing. So what does that mean, that anniversary? Do we even look that up today? I think it's silver anniversary. Silver anniversary. You got to get to 75 before gold, or maybe it's gold. What is it? And then 75 for diamond. So this is our golden? So this is our golden. Ta-da! Our golden show? Or golden show? uh... Show, show. Let's go show. Let's go show, okay? (laughs) We're not going to go further with that one. Welcome to our golden show. Yeah, and not it's not shower. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. I showered before the show. Oh, thank God. We're kind of remote today. We are at my house today just because... Yes, we're live live on location at Leanne's house. Right, and we're usually in the studio, so this is kind of amusing because we just started out and usually my animals screw with us in between the show, so that was in the past. Hopefully, yes. Cajun's grown up since then. Hopefully. And the He's rabbit. one of the reasons we moved away from this place. Right? <laughs> Because they were causing a ruckus on the show. Noisy animals and one (laughs) noisy fan. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We are happy to be back. We have really cool guests. We have John William Wade with Remax Real Estate and Associates. They're coming back on as sponsors for the next year. And he's also going to be having some great news that he's going to announce on this show. They're coming back on as sponsors? Yeah, they they want to come back as sponsors. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this part out. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we playing their commercials the whole time? Not lately, no. No. No, we had new ones. We cut it out for a while. Okay. Yeah, okay. now they're back on. Cut so them out. Cut them out for a bit because they had. And stuff then they saw our on. numbers. And they saw our numbers, which is really cool. Shout and, out. And they want to. They they need more exposure in the Hellenic Republic. Right, the Spanish. The United Kingdom. Do you know what I I went and looked up Hellenic Republic and it's Greece. So we're like people like us in Greece. Nice. Shout out to you guys. Big in Greece. Good. Okay. So we're coming to visit you. Red carpet, red carpet. Just kidding. (laughs) Or am I? Uh, Another one is um, United Kingdom of Spain tied as of last night at 31.6% of our listening ship. And Canada's 31.9. So congratulations, Canada and Spain. You're rocking it. Would you please send us a message from Spain on who and where you are so we can show up? Because <laughs> I like, see, that's why I eventually want to do is just show somebody's, up. Somebody's using a VPN to download our Right, they're joking podcast. around with me. They're like, whatever, <laughs> ha ha, let's make this person feel important. They're, yeah, they're... <laughs> setting their VPN to Spain before they download. Right. Right. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, things have been kind of, it's a weird world right now. We're still in lockdown. It's long weekend. Yeah. We're headed into the long weekend. Bitcoin took a big dive yesterday. Oh shit. It'll be one of the days that people talk about in Bitcoin's history, but, uh, it's, it's working its way back. Okay. So, uh, I am not concerned. I'm a long-term holder. So, and uh, what's with the getup? Like you literally, like I'm gonna, I want to post this picture to our wall, ladies. He's got like these white brim glasses that look like they're a part of the one wheel wheel exterior on your shirt. Now you almost match, like from head to toe, with your hat to your glasses to your hoodie. Well, I am. It looks slick, but you look like you're you. like 25 years old now. <laughs> well, thank you. I have adopted a little bit of a new look. The glasses I bought before. 
but they just happened to sort of work with me having to wear a logoed uh, hat and a hoodie, which yeah makes me look a lot more like a skater than yes. anything, which is why you're picking up that 25 year old vibe. Yeah. Probably to the opposite sex. I look like a guy who's just trying way too hard to look young. <laughs> Like way too hard. Are you saying I'm not the opposite sex? You're just saying this? You're like, what? You're not to me. Well, I guess not, right? (laughs) Right. You're like my sister. Yeah, I am like one. Yeah, Uh, you're right. That is true. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) You tell me a boy. I'm pretty sure I, you know what? No, No, you're just, you know. Yeah. We we have this. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. a cool it's a cool look. It's actually really good because you are like skateboarding well, basically with I, a wheel. I am talking the that talk, so you. to speak. One of my good friends is a highfalutin lawyer, tax accountant in Hong Kong, and uh, he went through a period and still I think still does where he uh, started wearing a bow tie to his office because he said your clients expect a certain thing from you, and uh, you know he has to dress a certain way when these people are trusting them with you know hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to, uh, you know, run taxes and things like that. So you got, sometimes you just got to dress the part to, uh, you know, get your business moving forward. The look is actually kind of, it works when you crash a lot, wearing a lot of black helps because you, you're, get, <laughs> you're getting dirty, you're rubbing your, it's like, there's some blood. Uh, yeah. There's some utility to the, uh, to the dress for sure. But, uh, yeah. Thank you for telling me look like I'm trying way too hard to no no you don't look like a try hard I would have said pants. I would have said to you like Corey you look like a try hard I would honestly have said it <laughs> straight <hard>. out <laughs> I love try hard it's such a good Christmas movie. <laughs> but uh yeah no to be serious so the one wheel business is going well and we're still locked down no music stuff going on so far where are you doing for long weekend I got zero plans probably just uh, a little bit of business yeah. And, uh, you know, if we get the weather, I'll be out riding, but, uh, I don't know. It's so far looking pretty crappy out here in, right. uh, in Alberta, we're saying. back to snow. snow. So yeah, yeah I, uh, I don't have any really big long weekend plans. There used to be a really great, awesome long weekend party that uh, I used to go to every year Yeah, and it was a camp out thing. And there was probably 20 bands that, uh, would, um, show up to it. And it was a private party on private land and, it was loud as heck and a ton of fun. And they couldn't do that this year because of this. Yeah, they're not into breaking the rules. Crap. So, so today we have Eileen, the tow truck driver. She's going on this episode with 50. Oh, okay. Right? Nice. Yeah, we had a great um, chat with her. And Wayman Starks from Hollywood, California. Nice. Yeah. He was so he, uh, in the Gap Band. Yeah, he was in the Gap Band. He was really cool. Uh, shout out from John William Wade. And his new news he's going to give to us. And we also are having a quick lowdown for you guys on our hairdresser and makeup artists. They're going to be online. We're giving them a quick shout out and letting them quickly run out to you as to what their services are. To and be clear, it's your hairdresser and makeup artist. Well, no, she says yours too, but you're not going to let her Don't cut you hair. Makeup you? And I cut well, you, well, you could let her near your hair for a show once in a while. Come on now. <laughs> But mostly mine. Anyways, we hope you enjoy this show and we cannot wait to show you what's going on in the next month or two. Thank you and enjoy. Thanks for listening. The Effing 40s is sponsored by Blind Beggar Smokehouse Swamp Donkey Amps Corner Salon KPI Staffing Tracks VR 
One Wheel Services, John William Wade and Associates, and the Human Input App. Hi, Leanne, how are you? Hi, John, how are you? I'm doing really well. Hey, John. Welcome Corey back to too. the Epping oh, oh, hey, Corey, how's it going? <laughs> John, Corey's well, it comes in as Leanne. Yeah. Well, the call comes in as Leanne, so. Yeah, no, absolutely, I'm just the talent. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne's the brains and and all the uh, the uh, muscle behind this show. And how scary is that? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that, that makes me that makes me shudder. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're calling you to thank you for uh, coming back on as a sponsor for one, and we're also we want to share your funky news that you have to tell everyone. It's quite interesting because when I was on the show last time in late January, you had asked me a question and it was really weird that you had asked me the question because literally it came the day after I had been asked by some stakeholders in Ward 9 to run for city council. And at that point, yeah, and at that point in time, I didn't even know what that really meant. So I was in the process of just researching what the job even was and what it would entail in terms of campaigning and all that. And so after about four and a half months of preparing, on Tuesday, we submitted all of our signatures, we submitted all of our documentation, and I became a well, an official candidate for Ward 9 City Council. Congratulations. Congratulations. And, and, and good luck. Well, yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of work because um, in Ward Nine we have an incumbent, so it's not a ward that's open, just you know, like some of the other wards are. But yeah, but yeah, no, I think it's time. There's been some real things that have disturbed me. You got a little bit of a taste of that the last time I was on your show. Yeah, and so again, we can sit there and complain, or we can do something about it. Yeah. Now, when you uh, looked into the, sort of the what it takes. What kind of time commitment are you, uh, you know, should you get this job? What kind of time commitment are you looking at? Oh, good question. Well, I spoke with some of the people who have been in the position before. They said that, especially at the very beginning, uh, after the election, the election's on October 18th. And then after I would win, then there'd be a couple of weeks break. And after that, when we get sworn in, uh, I can look forward to probably... Well, if you're going to do a good job, it's probably about 60-hour weeks. Wow. And then the first thing that they have to do is is decide the budget. And, of course, when you're new to the job, you're learning the job, plus you're doing something important like setting the budget for the city. Right. And then uh, there's there's some holiday time during Christmas, and that's where you can really catch up. And then after that, you know, it'll depend on exactly how much I grasp and what kind of situations we're dealing with. Definitely a full-time job. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was uh, that kind of uh, that kind of commitment because it certainly seems like uh, the current incumbents aren't spending that much time. <laughs> All right. No comment. <laughs> Bad Corey. <laughs> so, so tell me, at what point in this process do you start accepting bribes? Okay, you know what? La la la, just kidding. What? No, this is how it, it seems like it's running over there because they're not making the right decisions for, for the Did people. You, uh, so today you got, you're fully a candidate and today you also were telling me news as well that you had. Well, yesterday we uh, opened up our bank account. We opened it up at ATB in Forest Lawn and 
now, as of yesterday, we're able to start accepting donations because we have a bank account to do that too. And then this morning, we started getting our first donations. So oh, nice. we're really excited about that because there's two things that really inspire me. One is when I speak to somebody who doesn't know who I am uh, or prior to the conversation. And yet, by the time they're done the conversation, they sit there and they say, you know what? I think you're the person that needs to lead our, our ward, which is really hugely inspiring when you hear that. The other thing is when someone speaks with their money and says, hey, I believe in you so much. Here's some money because I know it's going to take some money to, to get this done because there's an incumbent who is going to raise a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're really happy and we're really excited and I can't wait to, you know, we've got, um, John William and I have a legacy podcast that we're doing for Ward 9 as well. So Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I intend to do, or not intend, I will do, is that through just even the campaigning that we do, is that the area businesses or the area residents will benefit just from this, just by me running. So a lot of times what I find is that when people run in politics, they'll everything that they say will be future tense. So if you elect me, then I will do this for you. But that's not how I run my business. And so that's not how I will run my campaign. I want people to benefit and see that we're already doing it and that we'll continue to do that after we get elected. So there's a Legacy Ward 9 podcast. And the reason why I use the word legacy is it's going to continue beyond the campaign. And what it is, is uh, Leanne and I are going to uh, speak about you know, what the, the great diversity of the people, the businesses, the community associations, all the different stakeholders that are in the area and what they're doing. And then that way, uh, we can celebrate together, we can come together to solve problems, and people around the city can learn about Ward 9 and what it has to offer. Because I think if I had to put... Well, there's a few different issues, but one of the issues with Ward 9 is that I think they've done, uh, yeah, they haven't done a great job at marketing themselves. And so that's why, I mean, you can have a house on the ridge in Southview, and it's you know worth not even half the amount that a house on the ridge in Crescent Heights is worth. Right. And it's a, it's, it's a similar view. Well, we're really looking forward to um, working with you in the future and seeing how this goes for you. And we'll give you a shout out in the next month and see how everything is going for you in that whole situation right now. I'd also like to say, Leanne, you know, thank you very much. I really appreciate the fact that you've agreed to, to come on the Ward 9 podcast because you, you do a fantastic job thank of you. eliciting answers out of people. And, you know, and I think, you know, you're, you're like I said before, is, you know, what I really like about the African 40s is that it's raw. And, you know, just... You talk about real things that really matter to people, and that's what's supposed to be happening in politics. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to always there be There we polished. go. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So. I, uh, I wish you all the success. I hope to see things change around here in Calgary. Mm -hmm. We definitely well, do. Well, we do, too. And, and so, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'll plug myself, I guess. But I'll <laughs> say, you know, on October 18th, we'll come quickly. And so on October 18th, if people could vote you know, for John William Wade for Ward 9 Counselor, and if they want to support us, one of the biggest things they can do right now, regardless of where they live in the city, because it's one council that works for all of Calgarians as well, and that is if they could go to johnwilliamwade.ca and donate or volunteer your help or, or, or a location for a sign. 
But uh, especially right now, we're getting going and, and we need to have some money so that we can get going on this. Awesome. Well, we look forward to this. We're going to help you get going on this. And anyone, just reach out to us or John. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And it's, uh, you know, we've Vote been talking John. to stakeholders. Vote for John. <laughs> well, that's what I was laughing last <laughs> I time. Know. I know. Like, I said it in them, and you're like, what? I'm like, you know, Pedro off Napoleon Dynamite. Vote for John. Yeah, well, I just laughed because it was so weird buttons. that literally today happened. <laughs> I'll wear a yeah. button. I'm not wearing Pedro's hair, though. Sorry. <laughs> but we're going to let you go, and we're going to continue on the show. Thank you very much, and we're very, like, congratulations, and we're looking forward to seeing everything unfold. Yeah, I hope we can well, uh, well, keep tuning in and uh, hear how it's how it's going. And uh, you're going to be out door knocking, I imagine. Oh, yes. It's going to be a lot of getting to know the people face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because that's what we're, you know, our tagline for our campaign is, you know, to listen and to serve. So nice. you know, we don't want to talk at people. We want to speak with them. Yeah. And the only nice. way you can do that is if you listen. Nice. Well, we're very excited for you. Have a great night, John, and I'll talk to you in the next couple of days. Well, for sure. And I'm looking forward to hearing more of your, your broadcast on FM40. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Have a great night. Naomi, it's Leanne from the Effing 40s. Hi, Leanne. How are you? And Corey. Hi, Naomi. Hi, Corey. <laughs> Hi, nice Corey. To meet you. You know that, do you know that my uncle used to do comedy with you? Is that right? Who's your uncle? Murray Cunningham. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. What's he doing? Because I sent, I sent him the podcast and he's like, I used to do comedy with him years ago. I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing these days? But. Uh, well, he's been retired for about 20 years now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, give us the lowdown on your services and your business, just because we, we've told everybody that you've come on as a sponsor now. And uh, just okay. give them what you guys offer. Hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Shay Ellison. I'm a partner here with Naomi. Hi, Shay. I'm the uh, makeup, makeup artist and the photographer for the sessions that we are offering here in Calgary, Alberta. They're basically anything from uplifting spirits, like somebody just needs a good start-to-finish photo session, or if they need content for their business, if they want uh, pictures for their social media, dating websites. So we're basically working with local designer, our local company as well, um, SB Experience. They provide us the clothing, and we do everything from start-to-finish. We do the hairs, the makeup, the wardrobe, the styling. These people are leaving with amazing images, amazing self-esteem. Like I said, uplifting it, everybody's spirits in this time, <laughs> in this day and age. And uh, you guys also were responsible with uh, Angie Combs' uh, new video, right? Hair and makeup and all. I was and then my girlfriend and I did the makeup. Oh, cool. Nice. And so what's the name of the business again? Sorry, I missed the first part. It's Corner Salon, isn't uh, it? There's the corner. Yeah. Yeah, the corner salon. Corner I'm downtown salon. in the oldest CA. high rise. Yeah. Yeah. Corner salon.ca. We're in the oldest high rise in Calgary, down in the Green Exchange Building on 9th Avenue and 1st Street, Southwest. Okay. Kitty Corner from the Palliser Hotel. Sweet. Well, we look yeah. forward to seeing more stuff from you, and I look forward to having you do my hair and my makeup when we're back up and running. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we appreciate it. Uh, the shout outs and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to give you a shout when and let you know when this is going out in the next week or so. And uh, we'll keep in touch. And thank you very much for being a part of this. 
No, and thank you very much as well. Okay, you guys, you have a great night. Enjoy the fiddlehead. Yelling at me. Hello. Hey, Eileen. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to your effing 40 show. Hi, Eileen. You're talking to Corinne. <laughs> Did we catch you at a bad time? No, no, just uh, left the yard, driving, making my way home. Nice. How was your day today? Yeah, steady. Steady? Yeah. Well, you can ask for it, right? Steady yeah. and still employed. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and you're employed in, at a couple of things. Mom, well, she's a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's with A1, A1 Towing, right? Yeah. A1 towing? Yeah. yeah. How many females are in your industry in Calgary? In Calgary? Um, I'm not too sure. I've seen uh, another girl on a flat deck, but she doesn't do full towing and recovery. She does like insurance stuff. So stuff from the body shop has been written off. Take it to the auction or the squishers. And I've seen one other girl in a flat deck, but I've only ever seen her towing sea cans. So I don't really know if she does vehicles, recovery, stuff like that. Airdrie. Airdrie has a girl. She drives flat deck and wrecker, and she's been there for a while. Needless to say, uh, <laughs> not, not many, uh, right. given the amount of tow trucks think... I see around town. Everybody knows who right. she is. I... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there's any other girls that drive the heavies. Yeah. So the big 35 ton wreckers to do semi trucks, stuff like that, rollovers. Like, <laughs> I have, haven't seen another girl anywhere. How long, how long have you been <laughs> doing that? I'm going on four years. Okay. Yeah. And what got you yeah. into that? You know, I don't really have a great story. I just really wanted to be a tow truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I just always thought it looked so cool. They had the big, cool trucks, and it just looked like such a cool job. I just really wanted to. It's not in the family or anything like that. Yeah. Waited for my kids to get old enough so that I could have our insane hours. Yeah, yeah, right. And, yeah, I just really wanted to. It took a long time to get into it, though. I applied at a bigger company in the city here. I applied with a class one license, a complete clean driver's abstract, and 20 years of automotive industry. Yeah. And I couldn't even get an interview. Yeah. So the way that I got this job was actually just crazy weird, too. <laughs> I had a kind of a cruddy renter in a property, wasn't paying the bills and this and that, went to court, went to get them kicked out, but I had to hire a sheriff to do it. And they kept getting some sort of stay of execution or excuse. So I had to deal with the bailiff multiple times. Yeah. And just in conversation at that time, I was laid off and his asked, well, what do you do? Well, I have a class one license and I have this and this. I'm trying to get into tow trucks, but nobody will touch me. I have all the automotive and I have all the trucking. I just need someone to help me put it together. Yeah. And A1 Towing does all the repo work. Uh, with all the bailiffs and the bailiff I was dealing with was one of the head bailiffs. And so he said, Oh, oh I got somebody for you. I got someone for you. So he called a one and said, I got someone. She's got a class one. She's got automotive, like really great. Like give it a try. And even a one was like, no, 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 no girl. No girl. <laughs> 
So explain why that is. Explain why. Well, they actually had a female in the past, uh, an ex-employee, somebody connected to them, had an, a female employee in the past, and she was very, very rough around the edges, and she wasn't good with customers, <laughs> and she had a bad attitude, and so they just really didn't want the bailiff, they have to cater to them. They're one of our biggest accounts. Is just give it a try, give it a try. <laughs> and yeah, now going on four years, and I have worked for Canadian big box retail stores. I've worked for private companies, and I've never had more respect and opportunity than I have with A1 ever, hands down. I, yeah. And how are you telling me that's not a good story? It's a great story. <laughs> your, your, your misery, your, your misery with a renter got you into the job you always wanted right. when the doors were previously closed. Right. <laughs> it was just so random, but here yeah. I was, you know, 40 years old going, you know, I'm going to completely change my career yeah. here. Yeah. That's you awesome. And just because I wanted to. And no. if you saw Eileen, like she's six feet tall and gorgeous, like stunning redhead. And people oh, just man. like, when she gets out of the car, people are like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> At first. <laughs> just regular. Yeah. Just regular. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so your love life, because you do have weird hours, right? And you're in your 40s and you're with somebody who's a tow truck driver as well. <laughs> He's the guy that actually got stuck with me in training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're together he now. Was told. <laughs> He was told he had a trainee and because the guy was supposed to train me, didn't want to do any more training for people, refused. And yeah, he actually kind of last minute got stuck with me. And I was at the time kind of giving up. I needed a job. So I was going to go back to the field of service advisor, service manager. So for the interviews, I had my nails done, had my eyelashes done. <laughs> and then... The big boss drives me to go meet up with him and his tow truck, and I hop in, and man, his eyes rolled so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, man. And it was like a day and a half of training, and he thought for sure the Monday I wasn't coming back, and no way. And we ended up training for about two weeks in the truck together and just became inseparable best friends. And yeah, he taught me everything. He he made this for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a terrible story. <laughs> you ended up with a dream job and a husband, right? <laughs> so terrible. So this is a good part of what Eileen made of her forties. It can be either a shit show or it can be a positive yeah. thing, yeah. which she did. So I've known Eileen since how old were you? How old? junior high? We've known each other. Yeah, so I just really always think she, we both, and we both did it at the same time. Like she was, she went out of hers faster. It took me a little bit longer. I'm a little bit slower about getting shit together. We've stayed friends the whole time. We've never had a fight. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a fight, have we? We talk no. once or twice a week, and I just think this is really cool because not very many women are in this industry. Oh yeah, no, it's a, it's a crazy story. Yeah. So can we bring you back on the show like next month for oh, some? I, I want to hear tow truck stories. Yeah. <laughs> never a dull moment that's yeah. for sure well you know what we'll phone yeah. you when you're on the road one night maybe and be like what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah which is fine i i'm always on the bluetooth but the background noise sometimes is yeah. pretty loud yeah yeah well we appreciate you coming on eileen yeah. um i'll send you the link and i'll probably talk to you tomorrow morning 
Yeah. Yeah, that Thanks. sounds great. All right, have a great night. Thanks for sharing okay. your uninteresting Thanks. story. Drive Thanks. Safe. Okay, yeah. bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Oh, hello. Yeah. Hi, Wayman. Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm in the studio, but I'm good. I was making some stuff, but um, I, I'm doing just good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, okay, let me stop. <laughs> you just wanted that um, intro right now, right? <laughs> yeah, that, Best intro ever. Good little intro. Me, so, what are you doing yeah, in the studio? I, well, I'm mixing some stuff that we've we've worked on, and I was just listening to Frank's guitar parts that he had put in, and some stuff. I think you might have seen me post a few little things in the studio. Yeah, so I was laughing at you guys. That was some, a cute video. Yeah, we <laughs> we we working on. Uh, we're just working on some stuff, uh, EP stuff that we need to put out and stuff. I have a little production team between myself, Frank, and a couple other people. And we just sit up and put together songs, working on projects that we're doing. Sometimes we uh, put them in for placement, different things. That Is nature. there any way to pull the music out? Because we're getting, like, feedback. I don't want feedback yep. when you're in Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Oh. Let me, hold on one second. <laughs> I also don't want to release things that can't be released yet. There we go. And, uh, okay. Now I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I will. and we also so, we don't want music going out that uh, you don't want going out. Oh no, it's so it's so good. Yeah. Uh, so okay, uh, well, you're working. Uh, is this family of funk stuff? This is part of the family of funk stuff. This is some stuff that we had did with the family of funk, the family of funk, and it's uh, Frank again playing on guitar. Mm-hmm. Myself doing um, beats. I do most of the beats and programming. Uh, I got a keyboard player, Michael Thompson, who played together with us many times. That's doing uh, keys. And how long have you been in the music business? I've been doing music, I guess, uh, all my life. I started. I was one of the ones who started off as a young boy who could sing. And didn't want to do it. I just wanted to go fishing with my aunts and cousins <laughs> and doing like little things like that. But my brothers, I have, I have four brothers, and my oldest brother wanted to start a group, so he started a group which called the Meditations, which which is him. My brother older than me, then myself. Well, I was the last one to join, and a cousin and a neighbor. And so we started off like that, and all, all back in those days, my mother sold, my grandmother sold, my auntie sold. So they made our suits and stuff like that. That is so, so cool. You know, we yeah. were we were running around, uh, getting chased by everybody in school because we had on the baddest little suits, and all the girls <laughs> wanted to chase us and stuff. So all the kings of the schools and the boys they just wanted to come and and, <laughs> and get us and just happened to be my brother was being a little older they would always like to come get the girls at our school because we were in junior high school they were <laughs> in barely in high school and so then we had to deal with their aggressiveness so I, i've been doing it a while so 
Um, well, the story doesn't change, yeah. right? <laughs> no, the story doesn't girls. change. It just, it just as we got older, it still was the same thing. It's still, you know, the guys, we go over there and with the band, we just turn everything out. And then next thing you know, drive all the women nuts. The, the, the women is, hey, the girls just being olive oils, you know, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> and then there's Brutus that's not happy, you know. Uh, uh, you know. So Brutus that's with what the day it kind of was. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's like, uh, so I can't are, sing a dance you, a bit. What huh? else have you done? Like, like what other, where, where did you go from there? Like what was well, and then um, I just kept them going, and then just different groups around the city of L.A., Hollywood, stuff like that. We used to sing in clubs, yes. sing outside of clubs, and stuff like that. And then here comes uh, this group called the Gap Band. Oh yeah, yeah, man. And all of a sudden, come to find out. Well, I've changed it like that. It, it come to find out my mom said, well, you have some cousins that sing. I'm like, what? I'm the singer. <laughs> you know, and uh, who are these guys, right? And then, uh, well, you have some cousins that's coming from Oklahoma, so the gap is. Okay, so I meet my cousins, and then I listen to Charlie Wilson sing, and then my my head just just went up my tail. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, what the heck? Who is this? Is that Stevie Wonder? You know, because yeah. of the the riffs and all the things that he did. So I was like, I got to be a part of this. I got to be a part of that. So the Gap Band came, and I start. I was going to college and going to school and stuff like that. But I would go to the studio and watch them and try to get in where I fit in on anything. But, you know, like I sing, I sing. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Okay, and this and that. And get to do a little background on a little stuff and some real hand claps and little bitty things. And like, no, nah, I want to be like y'all, you know. But yeah. just kept staying around it. And one day it happened, you know. To where I started, and this was uh, in the 90s, late 90s, I started getting with them. And the Gap Band had went through most of uh, their albums, and I guess were in the, the down, downward mobility of the music business where, yeah. you know, you become you yeah. become hot and then you become cold. Yeah. So they went through the downward, was going through the downward mobility and Robert Wilson, who was the bass player, we hung around each other a lot, you know, and stuff like that. And so we just one day was just back in the, in my little studio behind mom's house and a couple of other people and, and we were just singing some of their songs uh, early in the morning, outstanding, stuff like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, y'all now in the Gap Band, right? And this and this and that. And so uh, i like, wow, all this time I've been trying to get with you gentlemen, and all of a sudden now it's that easy to get in. And so, wow, I've been coming, staying up late nights, missing school, going to school, falling asleep in class. And, and so it happened, right? So then the goal was to bring the upward, upward mobility back, okay? Yeah. So this was the downfall of them, right? Yeah. And so got in there, started singing, 
Then um, the oldest brother, Ronnie Wilson, who which was formed everything, I started getting on drum program, the computer drums started coming on, and I started getting into that. And he like, you stay with that, you know, and stuff like that. And then, uh, well, first, first before that, I said, well, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He said, well, I want you to learn everything. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, so I just started just watching everything and things of that nature. And then I got into the drum programming. And he saw I had a feel for it, and he said, hey, you stay at that. Don't get away from that. And so I just started doing more and more. And most of all, your gap band stuff had effects, and it had, like, party train, had the train sounds and all these different things. Early in the morning, it had rooster crowing. Yeah. Brown rubber had motorcycle skids <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> all the sound effects. So I recreated all of that. You know, yeah. from just grabbing it from different places. I guess I had a motorcycle, I sampled it. Yeah. Rooster crowed, I sampled it from somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just start putting back all the things. And so when they would do their shows, I would play it live yeah. off yeah. of a drum pad, drum pads yeah. and stuff like that. So nobody else was doing this. And so I had became pretty hot at what I was doing, you know, yeah, because oh, yeah. everybody was starting to look like, wow, how do you, and the claps, hand claps, yeah. real, the pow, and pop, beep, pop, all these different sound of claps, you know, 808s and everything. I was doing that in the 90s, well, coming into 2000. So uh, making loops that goes along with their songs and sampling other samples and just may do just a bar of it that goes with party train early in the morning, yearning for your love or something. <laughs> and and it was just working so well, you know, and it was like people, a lot of the other groups like Cameo, Morris yeah. um, Day in the Times, um, Confunction and some of the other ones and Roger and Zap. Yeah, Roger and Zap. I know. Roger and Zap, they over here like, God, where they getting that heat from? Yeah. You know, because wasn't nobody they were they were doing it but not like that, you know. And so they were like, Okay, so I was that secret weapon that they had that you know when they came in there and then when we would do oops up side your head yeah. say oops upside your oh head I have a loop boom yeah. and they like whoa give me a beat boom 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 and they like whoa whoa where is that that's some fire right <laughs> so I remember at the time we were doing a Sinbad show in the St. Thomas Virgin Islands yeah. with the Gap Band. Wow. And Sinbad was having his shows uh, with Sinbad, Sinbad HBO. Mm -hmm. This was late 90s. And we would go over there, and boy, I, I was just looking at one today, and uh, you ever just pull up the Gap Band in the St. Thomas on the Sinbad show, and I dropped that beat so hard, and they'd see at the end of the show we were going off, and and the beat was still going, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know. 
and it was Robert Wilson playing bass to it. Nice. And then everybody said, go, Robert, go, Robert. And Charlie had left stage and his other brother and Simba like, that's some Oklahoma folk right there, yeah. you know. Oh, and it man. was just driving them crazy. So I got into that and I just became programming and that is still what I do today, you know, to where there's so many people up until last couple of years, Bruno Mars, all of his people. I've seen Bruno looking at me, yeah. you know, cause we uh, played with Charlie Wilson. I was his programmer for many years yeah. uh, until this virus thing came up and, uh, uh, we've covered quite a bit of territory, you know, and, and to help. So let me just back up a little bit. We went on and got the back gap band back up to where it was yeah. before. Yeah, we nice. did a new, uh, one of their latest, the Gap Band Y2K. And that was, to me, uh, one of my biggest accomplishments on that. I think I wrote, co wrote about six songs on that album. Awesome. Uh, and far as I'm doing beats. Out now. <laughs> yeah, the Gap Band Y2K in this yeah. one called Scandalous, um, Messing with My Flow, all those beats of me. Scandalous is me, Snoop Dogg's on there. Oh. Uh, the, <laughs> the song um, is fan. called Funk Until 2000 Come, which had DJ Quick, Snoop, um, and stuff on that. I wrote the lyrics for Charlie on that particular song, right? And playing claps and stuff like that, drum beats and stuff like that, along with Battle Cat, uh, which was also on that album. Uh, Black Tobin, which is Charlie's nephew, who also wrote for Snoop, Eastsiders, Celine Dion, Christopher Williams. I even think Corrupt came around and was trying to get a little bit on there. But that was the Gap Band's Y2K album, and I wrote quite a few with that. So we took Gap Band back up to where it was down doing clubs. Yeah. I would say for $35,000, dollars and then when we left it about 2005, they were almost back up to a hundred grand a night. Right? Wow, crazy man! That's how far it went down to come back up. So yeah. we just was building, building, walking away from bad habits, getting back into the swing of thing, and just you know, just moving forward. A bunch of church boys, spiritual boys, that kind of got caught up through the eras, like. The Rick James scenery. This is Rick James, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, through <laughs> them eras, you know, you know, my name this is Rick James, <laughs> you know. So through them eras, you know, and walked through and was able to turn lives around, you know, and stuff like that and keep moving forward. So then came Charlie Wilson, which R. Kelly had been coming after Charlie. Uh, for many days in R. Kelly, it became the hottest. Yeah. And he was challenging Charlie to come on and walk with me. Finally, that happened, you know, and R. R. Kelly was able to get Charlie signed to RCA Records, which was around 2005. Yeah. So we were doing the Gap Band, Charlie Wilson, the Gap Band, the Charlie Wilson featuring the Gap Band. Right? We were running a little bit with that together. Then we just started all on Charlie Wilson. Then came the song, Charlie Last Name Wilson. Hey, girl, how you doing? My name is Charlie. Yeah. So we came with that, and I was begging God, God, please let me get on this album. I, I, this is everybody. So, I mean, it was, it was R. Kelly, 
I think Will I Am was on there. Yeah. Justin Timberlake was on that album, and there was just so many people that was coming on this album. So I was able to get on that album, and and that was my first gold record. Is writing a song called Cry No More, and it's uh, it's on the Charlie Lasney Wilson album. And Cry No More was a spiritual kind of, you know, in every song Charlie put a spiritual record. I'm blessed. Uh, something to just let you know kind of where he really comes from, right? And so uh, the song Cry No More was about really just a testimony of him and many others is just saying that I don't have to cry no more. I found a friend who will never let me down. I don't have to hurt no more, you know? And that's what Cry No More is basically about, you know? Like, God, every time I try my best, same on Seems like I'm doing wrong. When I think about what I've done to myself, I had to make a change. Then you stepped in, which is Jesus, and turned my life around now. I'm free again from all these pains and suffering, and you know, so I don't have to cry no more. Yeah. That's just a quick briefing of it. But listen to Cry No More on the Charlie Last. I wrote yeah, all we'll, the we'll, lyrics. We'll link it up too. I wrote all the lyrics at. Uh, Charlie's house is because this was his first song on RCA, his first album. And so he was just sitting, we sat at the house, Charlie, myself, and um, co-producer Cordell Walton. And Cordell's from Detroit, plays keys also. And Cordell had kind of came up with a song. I think I might have put a little few claps or snaps and little drum parts on it. And I just said, well, Charlie went to bed. And I said, well, Cordell, play that song again. And I just started vibing with it. And and the song just came, started just coming to me, you know. And so by Charlie went in the house and went to sleep. We had his ranch. So he went down to, to the ranch. We're in the studio house. And then the next morning he came up there and I said, I sung it to him and I said, you need to, and he said, wow, wow. And so next thing you know, I said, you need to sing this because God, I'm going to have to go home in a few, I've been there two days. <laughs> He's like, man, my voice is all messed up and this and this. And I'm like, God, I got to get on this album. Because we were at the, we was at song 11, number 12. They were about to shut it down. Oh, yeah. So next thing you know, just through the grace, I guess, he went in the studio and started singing that song and killed it, killed me with it and killed it and just made it so Charlie Wilson. And so he took it to, he was seeing some of the RCA reps and they like, oh, let us have that. And I go, oh, no, we got it. We got it. So we took it and finished it. And then it, it's, uh, it made the album, you know, so, and it went gold after about, uh, took maybe a couple of years. And then that was my first gold album on that. So I just kept programming, programming. I did some, I've just done so many, I did, did so many things with him. I've been to Europe. I've been to Iraq. Oh, wow. Okay. Twice to Iraq, three times to Kuwait. So what we did is um, we flew to play, uh, you know, I always wanted to kind of do something like uh, Dolly Parton. Um, yeah, US, well, USO I think type it was stuff? Bob. Yeah. Huh? USO. Bob Hope, yeah. USO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, like, God, I would love to do that and do that and got a chance to do it. God answered my prayers. Yeah. So 2010, 
We went to Iraq right after uh, Saddam, I think, was he still going on? I think they just got him and they just had killed his sons. So we went over there and how we did, we had to fly, fly. It took us, I think we flew to D.C., and then another 14 hours to Kuwait, right? And so what was so funny about it, when when we got off the plane in Kuwait and we're heading to baggage claim, everything changed from when I was in Los Angeles, right? From uh, hip-hop to jeans and tennis shoes to turbans. The language and everything else changed. The look and everything. So I was like, wow, we are, wow, we over here. So we went from Kuwait. And then what we did, we stayed in Kuwait maybe two days and went to our, the military base there. And uh, we stayed up there with the troops. We had our own little rooms and stuff like that. So um it, we stayed there two weeks the first time I went. Two weeks. How Each many, time I went, it was two weeks. How many shows do you do in two weeks? We yeah. do five shows. Oh, it wow. Took, it, okay. took two, it took two weeks to do five shows. Yeah. Yeah. Logistics of just <laughs> getting around? or is it you, you weren't in the same place doing five shows. No. Well, no. So, so we started in Kuwait, right? Okay. So uh, the, the first day, we're just there. We go and eat with the soldiers and, you know, and uh, everything right there, and it's like wow, you know. But it it didn't feel like, you know, it just just felt like just normal, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we wasn't in know where we were. Yeah. yeah. So then the next day, we we were going to Baghdad. I'm like God. So we went to Baghdad, and then when we got to Baghdad, we stayed. We were gonna play that next day. So we flew to Baghdad, but first we had to get the clearance to fly to Baghdad because we're in a war zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what we did is we dressed up that day. All right, it was time to go. They put on bulletproof vests on us. We had a vest and a helmet on wow. and we flew in the C-130. The, the planes the same as the soldiers flying and we're sitting in there just like soldiers. Yeah. I had, uh, I guess, three, three servicemen, one looking out the back two looking out the sides. So in yeah. case uh, they shoot a Scud missile up there, they can shoot the flares, you know. Wow. And I didn't know all this until I asked, you know, <laughs> this, well, yeah. you know I'm After just like, yay, yay, <laughs> we flying around, we're not right, you know, but we in a war zone, war is going on. So we got there and then they put us in our marvelous little palace-like, right? And then there was a, a little moat like a little lake right there. And then on the other side was another palace, right? So where we stayed was supposed to have been Saddam's best friends or best buddy's palace, right? Had marble floors and this and that. And they had it all rooms. We stayed in different rooms. So every time the entertainers go over there, that's where they stayed, in that side. So they took us over to Saddam's palace, which is on the other side, right? So that's where the general's uh, were staying, our generals, right? Yeah. So it was the general I made, I can't quite remember his name, but he was from New York, right? And he kept choosing Charlie. Hey, what's my name? You know, because <laughs> Charlie used to always say, what's my name? Yeah. Charlie's last name was. <laughs> and so he like, hey, what's my name? What's my name? You know, stuff like yeah. that. So they toured us through Saddam's palace, showed us this just 
just different little things and like that. And it was just amazing. They, uh, we rode through different parts of, uh, of Baghdad. We played the next day there. And then, uh, then we left to go to Fallujah. And then doing the wow. same thing, we fly one day, we stay, then we play the next day, then we try to fly out the next day. Right. So from Fallujah, we went to Mosul, right? Oh, and all, then, the, all the hot spots. <laughs> all the hot spots. So from Mosul, we went to. A lot. <laughs> we went, every time we get out, we had on the same thing the helmet, the vest, yeah. and this and this and that. And so from Mosul, we went to uh, Crete, where Saddam was born. And everywhere we went, we heard a story. Well, Saddam, if you didn't. These were his soccer team was, and if they didn't play right, they just shoot the killer ass. Excuse me, and then they just go and fall into the pool right there. This and this and that. So it was so many stories everywhere we wow. go, you know, and this and this, and this and this and that. And it did not seem like a war zone because again, we would fly. One day we would fly. We would have to get the clearance to fly. Okay, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then we get to the next little base area. We have uh, our little rooms, a little game room to be able to play food and all that stuff like that. But it was one of the most beautiful things I ever did in my life. We would meet the generals, the sergeant majors and stuff like that. They would sh- shake our hands. Thank you for coming to play uh, for our troops. They would give us a plaque in each every, every person that was there and then give us a coin. You know, so that was, uh, I did really that. Cool. I did that, and then the next year we did it again, but we played only Kuwait because we have five military bases in Kuwait that I didn't know. So same thing, we didn't really have to, yeah, we did have to fly to a couple of them, but some of them we just drove to, to a three-hour drive, and just to go to different bases where we play for our troops. So that was uh, one of the most greatest things that I did. And then also with Charlie Wilson, I've been to London, Paris, I've been to Japan, I've been nice. to uh, Germany, I've been to Rotterdam to play the jazz festival two or three times. Nice. I've been really blessed to, to doing this music and stuff like that. So now what I'm doing is pushing a different thing because things are changing. Yep. And, and so now I'm trying to take the family of funk. Mm-hmm. During the course of this time, I, w- I met Frank because Frank was coming in with the the next part of the Gap Band, and he played with him, right? And I was over there with Charlie, but Ronnie was doing this form of the Gap Band and bringing it back. And so I met Frank through just wanting him to find me a good guitar player because I was building another band uh, and trying to be like a second unit for Charlie, uh, like when we're in Los Angeles to do radio, television, or different things. We have a smaller unit because everybody was basically out of Detroit. And so me and Frank just start just like, well, we were so vibing so good. I said, well, why can't I just have you, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I don't want you to find me nobody because we vibes. And then me and Frank just start playing together. We had a band called Rhythm Nation. And then all of a sudden, Frank and I started a family of funk, right? Yeah. And even worse to come find out, I said, well, my birthday's Easter Sunday. And Frank said, what? Yeah. My birthday's Easter Sunday. <laughs> my birthday's is the same day. I said, I knew it was something about you yeah. that we vibe so well, you know. 
And so that's how that became. And so me and Frank has been pushing this family of funk, and that's what I'm I'm doing now. I'm trying to start a new era in my ch- a new chapter in my journey, and to take this family of funk to that same level, you know, and take it up there because I've seen how it's done. I know how it's done. It takes hard work, and we just be working hard at it. And uh, I stay at music every day, just like he does, producing, writing. Yeah. Uh, Staying up on my craft, just getting better at everything and say, wow, that's nice. I could do that, you know, and just uh, that's pretty much my story, you know. What a, what a great story. Did did you ever think you'd see the world when you were, uh, you know, when your uh, yeah. parents were uh, making clothes for you in, in school? No, no. <laughs> I wouldn't even think about that. I was thinking about girls and running around and, and just uh, being a normal kid, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And But then I, I became very serious because my brothers and them stopped liking music, yeah. and I started loving it, yeah. you know. So I just stayed at everywhere that I can and trying to get it to that next level. I remember at a time I had a little group in LA and um, I was going to a trade school and the guys at the trade school were trying to become producers and, and things of that nature. And I couldn't get the guys to believe that it really would happen because they just didn't believe it. And we kind of messed up something with Columbia records that at the time when it came to meet the president and this and that, because they couldn't see it, but I always could see it. I guess it just taught me to be patient. And eventually all the things that I asked for pretty much came through, you know, some of the artists that I used to wish I knew, I met them all, you know, and like, wow, I used to, listen to y'all songs and it feels so good to be able to tell the artists yeah. how you used to listen to their song yeah. and they like, wow, you know, I forgot about that song, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, I didn't never get discouraged, but I didn't never know how it would happen. And then just one day it just happened, you know? Yeah. So and, here's my question for you, women. When mm-hmm. when Go you ahead. decide to come to Calgary to visit us, right? <laughs> Jesus, yay! Because <laughs> we want to meet you, and then we'll, we'll come to, we'll come out to California and come bother you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please! I'll bring you over here to where we are in the studio now, and let you hear hear the team that I'm working with, and make sure that Frank is here too, and let you see us just Absolutely. have fun putting music together and let you and that's the next phase is that uh, have you interview the next phase of some of the people that I'm working with and hear yeah. some of the stories yeah. that yeah. they're telling you with this thing that we're doing over here please send um, everybody my way just have them message us <laughs> <laughs> I've been already, I already have. They've already seen your Woo-hoo! picture. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they almost can't wait, you know, because <laughs> they over there uh, putting together an EP that we're trying to put out, you know, of some things that we did just to go with the knowledge that we know to put this EP out and try to get it worldwide, just like where you are, Canada, Europe, the European nation, get it uh, in the States. To try to just get it around because it's today 
the door is open open bigger than it ever been for yeah. musicians out there. It's not nothing like how it used to be. And with social media and the things that are going on today, it's a whole new ball game. Yes, you know? it is. Yeah. And so the door, you could open your own door, you know, if you work hard enough and just um, believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and try to stay away from a bunch of the knuckleheads, <laughs> you know, the one that's going to lead you, lead you to the area that's going to take you a long time or to get back to, yeah. you know, to the right area, yeah. you know, so, and just try to get a good team of people around you and there's no stopping. There's, there's really no stopping. So. Well, thank you for giving us your time. Mine. What do you want to say to your fans before we let you go back to your life? <laughs> well, I want to say to y'all that just keep listening because we're about to come out and drop some, some head cracking, who banging stuff that's just about to just drive you even just like you are listening awesome. to good music. Awesome. Can't wait. Good I old, wish you all good the old best. fashioned music. Thanks, well, Raymond. Hey, thank you. I appreciate both of y'all and I, I listen to both of y'all and y'all be clowning each other. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about him, he talks about you. So, hey. I know. We're, we're very good friends. We're like brother and sister. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's why it's working. Yeah. It that's is. why it's working, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank well, you very thank much. Thank you. And uh, thanks for the interview. And, uh, I can't wait to hear it and how y'all clown me. Yeah, I'm going to send you all the links this week, and it's out in three weeks. So okay. I'll send you everything. Well, Have uh, a great day. Appreciate it. And I'm going to be getting back with you so you can uh, do yes, the next one down the road, okay? Yes, you are. You bet. Keep in touch with me. Okay. 